Dateline, 28th of April, 2014. Well, good day, folks, and welcome to the Australia Desk for episode 297. Grant, back here in the studio this week after all that fun, you and I flying around all over the countryside up there in New South Wales. Oh, it was great, mate. I uh, really enjoyed my time going flying in the balloons and, uh, yeah, taking a few people who'd never flown in balloons before up for their first go. Oh, yes, and uh, another trip for me in the Cirrus too. And uh, why can't I have one? of them? Why does Rob Mark get to fly them all the time and I don't? That's what I oh, want to know. Mate. You got a bad case of Cirrus envy happening here? Oh, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful aircraft. Actually, at this stage in my flying career, <laughs> I'd even fly a Tomahawk. No, I wouldn't, actually. <laughs> yes, that's not true. If you could fit into one, you'd fly it. Well, I'd get into one. It's just getting out. Anyway, that's a whole other story. Let's get on to the news this week, Grant. Actually, this is news from last week. You know, I said last week when we were flying around that it had been a uh, pretty slow news week, but um, I may have just forgotten the major story, which is, uh, well, apparently that Sydney airport, Sydney's second airport, uh, that we've been saying for years, will never happen, and I'm still rather cynical. Well, Prime Minister Tony Abbott announced uh, a couple of weeks ago that it actually is going to go ahead, and yeah, there you go. Yeah, do you believe well, it, Grant? I'm not sure if I do. I think that's why we skipped it as not being big news, because, hey, you know, come on, we've heard it all before. I know we've heard it all before. Well, let's hear from the Prime Minister himself, shall we? I know how much you like him. Oh, go for it. Today, the Cabinet has confirmed that Badgerys Creek will be Sydney's second airport. It will be an airport for Western Sydney. Uh, the planning and design work will start immediately, and my expectation is that construction will begin in 2016. This is a long overdue decision. In fact, uh, uh, people started talking about the need for Sydney to have a second airport when the Deputy Prime Minister and I uh, were still at school. So it's a long overdue decision, which, to be honest, has been shirked and squibbed uh, by successive governments for far too long. The vast bulk of the spending required to produce an airport uh, will be by the private sector. Uh, I also want to stress that the government's approach will be roads first, airport second, uh, because we don't want the people of Western Sydney uh, to have to uh, have an airport without having the decent transport infrastructure that Western Sydney deserves. And that audio thanks to Fairfax Media on the Sydney Morning Herald website. Now, Grant, um, I was just looking at my calendar here. You know, uh, three-year political terms, they were elected in 2013. Well, 2016's an election year. Oh, so do you think the sod will actually turn? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's no way to talk about our Prime Minister, Grant. (laughs) Oh, wow. That wasn't me, folks. That was Vischer. (laughs) There you go. Yeah, well, I don't know. Like, you know, how many times have we talked about this, Grant? These these sorts of announcements have been made before. This one seems a little bit more definitive, shall we say. Um, I think we both agree that uh, they do need another airport there. I've long thought that uh, Sydney has the uh, airport infrastructure that they deserve because, you know, as (laughs) we said before, everybody there seems to agree that they want an airport. It's just that they don't want another airport. So go figure. They don't want it in their backyard. And, of course, the NIMBYs are up in arms about Badgerys Creek being selected for the second airport. But, you know, mate, it was the Keating government that actually made the famous comment of how they were going to stop work on Badgerys Creek, because that was back in development way back then, mate, way back then. They were working on Badgerys Creek as the second airport. They owned the land. Everything was starting to happen. And then a minister made the famous comment of how they were stopping work on the project in order to fast track it, which had most of us going, say what now? And, uh... of course, nothing happened for a while. A change of government, the Howard government gets in, and they turn around and go, well, clearly nothing's happening on here, so we're going to take this money earmarked for that project and use it for something else. 
So and since then, it's just been in limbo and they've had report and survey and assessment and study and all other kinds of stalling devices that have, of course, all indicated that Badgerys Creek is the choice location for a second Sydney airport. But they've tried looking at all sorts of other places, even Picton down to the south, which has mine subsidence, valleys that need to be filled in and all sorts of stuff like that. And it keeps coming back to Badgerys Creek. Even the survey that uh, was told to find somewhere other than Badgerys Creek came back and said, Badgerys Creek. So finally, uh, with the new government coming in last year, we knew this was going to happen. They have actually done it. It's going to go ahead uh, until somebody changes their mind. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, one of the big factors here, of course, is that uh, the current owners of the Sydney Airport, the Sydney Airports Corporation, well, they have first right of refusal uh, over whether or not they'd like to operate that. And they have 12 months before they need to come back to the government uh, with an answer on that. So uh, the the owner of that corporation, uh, Max Moore Wilton, has uh, been quite vocal uh, with his thoughts on the subject over the years. Of course, naturally, he wants to uh, maximise the return to the current Sydney Airport. Uh, of course, he, he is uh, quite of the opinion that uh, the current Sydney airport, if it was uh, you know, unshackled a little bit from the ridiculous uh, curfews and stuff that it has around it, well, yeah, probably they could uh, accommodate more aircraft. I believe that's the case, but I still believe that they need another airport in that city. Yeah, definitely, mate, definitely. And, uh, you know, of course, Max Moore Wilton is saying they don't need another one. He's pump-priming Sydney airport's apparent value because Macquarie Group that owns it have been selling down their ownership over time. Of course, they don't want everyone to go, oh, hey, and see the price drop. They want to get top dollar for their investment as they sell out. So uh, I suspect once Macquarie thinks they've sold down to the right level, then they might change their tune a little bit. You know, hopefully the whole thing does not become a giant non-event. Yeah, you're right, Grant, a non-event. And uh, in fact, speaking of things that were in this week's aviation news that turned out to be, well, quite a non-event, let's talk about a hijack, Grant. Let's talk about a hijack of a Virgin Australia aircraft, or if you're the mainstream media, Virgin Blue or Virgin Atlantic or, well, anything else but Virgin Australia. Well, actually, I don't think it was a hijack at all, was it, mate? No, it wasn't, and I'm surprised that the mainstream media didn't have a red tail in the photos, unlike referring to them as a Virgin Blue, that they haven't been for how long now? But yes, a Virgin Australia 737 on the way to Bali, quite similar to the one that I've actually been on. They had a bit of an incident where a gentleman was banging on the door to the cockpit. Uh, This triggered a bit of a scare for the pilots up front who triggered the, hey, we're being um, possibly hijacked alarms. And uh, the aircraft, when it landed in Bali, uh, was stormed by the uh, Indonesian military. Yes, and they looked rather enthusiastic about it as well. Now, of course, uh, you know, the headlines basically came through uh, you know, from a lot of the media outlets here initially saying that the aircraft had been an attempted hijacking and the aircraft was landing in Bali. Now, that's very interesting, Grant, because um, the actual destination of that aircraft was... Well, Bali. Bali, that's right. (laughs) And I find it quite interesting that the guy was banging on the cockpit because if this aircraft was one of the ones that has a business class in it, uh, he would have had to have gone through the little rope thing that they put across the uh, aisle because when I was in business class, the plebs down the back couldn't get up to the front toilets. But, oh, yeah, toilets. That's what apparently happened. The guy thought the cockpit door was a toilet and uh, was trying to get in. And, uh, yeah, I've... Thanks to all that, the transponder code of 7500 was set uh, about half an hour out from landing and Indonesian authorities actually closed the airport for almost an hour, causing 13 flights to be diverted or delayed. 
Yeah, but the interesting thing is actually, Grant, uh, I also read uh, somewhere that uh, the, not only did the aircraft uh, complete its flight in Bali, it, it actually made it ahead of schedule. So uh, <laughs> I don't know what that says, but the passenger was a gentleman by the name of uh, Matt Lockley, a 28-year-old, and uh, a lot of people were alleging he was drunk. He's denied this in the media today. And in fact, he told police that he'd taken only Panadol, Voltaren, and consumed Coca-Cola before the flight. So uh, I don't know what that means. I'm not even sure if I believe that. But uh, anyway, it doesn't really matter that he's uh, appearing uh, as though he's going to be uh, let off after uh, helping the local police with their inquiries and uh, I don't know whether he'll be continuing um, his holiday um, but I believe he will be flying back with Virgin so it looks like all is forgiven. Yeah, he's actually being deported. Uh, They're sending him back uh, coming back uh, this week. Uh, basically, he was going over there to find his Indonesian wife, who he, whom he hasn't heard from for some time, and uh, was going over to find out what was what and was, uh, yes, already a little distraught and then apparently woke up confused and uh, was needing to go to the toilet and thought the door to the cockpit was the toilet. Oh, well, anyway, all's well that ends well, and uh, let's, I'm sure that he won't be taking that cocktail of uh, over-the-counter drugs and Coca-Cola again anytime soon. Yeah, mate, you got to watch out for that Coca-Cola. It's pretty vicious stuff. I don't know, not even Coca-Cola. I talk about Voltaren. I thought that was stuff. I rubbed that on my sore knee. Why would you want to eat it? I don't think I want to go there. Maybe he was clutching his throat. It was probably burning his throat. Poor guy. <laughs> And he went to the toilet for water. Anyhow. Anyhow. Well, that's everything we have for you on this week's Australia Desk. There is another news item that we wanted to talk about this week, and that was, of course, Australia's uh, new purchase of the F-35. Uh, some more airframes brought there. But, Grant, we've run out of time. We'll save that one for next week. Uh, you don't think we can twist their arm and get it through? David would love us to talk more on the F-35. David would, but Max will kill me. So until next week, I'm Steve Vischer. And I'm Grant McCarran. Cheers, folks. Forgive me, Max. Forgive me. That's cool. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. I hope. I hope.